trying out, so yeah, we don't have is, to get it perfect. This is episode one. This is episode zero. This is the, the t- tester pilot of right. what is currently called Punk House, shot uh-huh. in what is currently called the two-story house, because anywhere I record anything is called that. This right. is neither of those things. <laughs> Punks don't stay here, and it is a one-story garage, but that's what the show is called. And yes. uh Great start. Yeah, this is episode zero. It's going to be Ward and I and a rotating guest. Mm-hmm. And since we don't have that today, I am the guest and Nicole yes. is filling in I... as co-host. You guys are going to be interviewing and or just roasting me. That's, that's the that name of the fun. game here. It's going to be an excellent <laughs> mix of both. Yeah. I feel. Right. Well. But yeah, um, I guess just for introductions, you're a show booker. That's like, that's, that's, that's your like... Yeah involvement in the field i'm a guy who plays a guitar and uh i play the bass yeah you're a guy who plays a guitar guilt yeah yes so so like we're in a band together you've just known me from booking right from you playing out yeah booking you in shows and doing shows together basically yeah and we just argue a lot on facebook and i thought uh do we really argue you're the only person who vouches for bands locally oh. getting paid you are the only person i know <laughs> that's true we have argued local about bands that. deserve money i and guess it, that is a good first discussion just now nah, i'll discuss this right every in. episode we because it's never going to get resolved i mean it is very much so like a topic that people have mixed opinions about because it does affect a lot of mm-hmm. different bands that are performing locally and it gives them no like motivation to actually play if they feel like what's the point mm-hmm. of actually going I mean, there if i'm not gonna get paid yeah i guess motivation is like the name of the game there it's yeah like that's why the uh pay to play ticket sale thing it, i mean everyone says oh but it works because it bands are like oh my god i'm gonna eat 200 dollars if i don't uh well i think it weeds out the people that are like i guess serious yeah about it they're gonna spend the money and they're gonna push to make the money back i guess is the thing behind it my thing is just if you have these local acts that are playing often mm-hmm. and they're playing with touring acts, so that means the touring act that no one showed up for because they're still small. Yeah, let's clarify because yeah. they're small, not because they're, they're, still, they're bad. Right. <laughs> they're, they're a small act, so no one in the area knows them. So you have these locals that are constantly coming out and playing those shows and not making any money. How did they really be able to progress? How can they yeah. ever afford to go on the road not knowing, you know, how can they afford to record, yeah. buy new equipment? So I still believe the majority of the money should go to the touring act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But giving the locals something, especially like the show I had last night, I keep a door tally. And the one yeah. local act had like 40-something people that said they were there just to see that band. Wow. And there was Are about, you sure this was in St. Augustine? Yeah. And there was about 70 yeah, no, people. Really there was about impressive. 70 people total. Yeah. Wow. And so he brought over half, or not he, but his band brought over half. So last night, he got the majority of the door. Also, the two out-of-town bands were Gainesville. Mm-hmm. So it's not as far. Yeah. But the, yeah. I mean, they still got a good amount of change, too, like more than they were expecting. Yeah. But at I some think- point... Well, you're also like that's that's the scope of the show. I think mm-hmm. will change that. Like I've played real DIY shows where it's like bands playing to bands, right? Yeah. And when it's bands to bands, and you are squabbling over who gets the five dollars that like somebody's boyfriend or girlfriend paid to show up, it's just like just just give it to the touring band. Like right. gas I... costs more than 
the gas to get to your house if you live in that town. Yeah, no, that's yeah, very I agree true. With that. Yeah, the I think the locals getting paid should be a nice like surprise or benefit for them. It should yeah. never be something they expect when yeah. they're playing in support of a touring band. Yeah, because that just generally helps also like mm-hmm. with the aspect of getting contacts in general, I feel like that's right. a lot more important than the money aspect a lot mm-hmm. of the time with locals. But with like the whole thing where it's like you have to play a certain like have a certain amount of people show up till you mm-hmm. make profit is also kind of discouraging for people that are kind of getting into music or like want to sure. get into that scene. Yeah, you can definitely talk about it. like mm-hmm. it sets like a like a minimum threshold where it's like if you aren't a certain amount of successful yet like so how are you like, supposed to be a yeah, new band? Yeah, why and even try? Start? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but, that's um, discouraging for like the DIY scene in general is because it's very much so people getting together with ideas and it, it, it kind of starts is. out small. And I think it should be our art should be that, but when you start getting money involved as you have to because if you're not showing up at somebody's house for a house show, you're showing up at a venue. A venue's time is worth yeah. at least the tax dollars they have to spend to own that space. You're right. You got to have money involved. And once, once the, it, it makes it complicated. Yeah. I definitely think it varies between venues yeah. also. Um, but that's why, like, I stress so much, like, playing shows that are DIY. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the benefit is a lot bigger for bands in the long run. Um, they're able to gain like contacts and also like touring bands can get a sum of money and it's not that big of like a pressure for other bands whether or not they get paid yeah well i think for like since i kind of want this to be like a tips and tricks thing Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i think like i like that that could be like a segment no no the whole the whole (laughs) thing i wouldn't want somebody to just listen to this and be like oh listen to these three jerks prattle off about their personal experiences who you calling a jerk it's it's me. I'm all three of them. All three. It's just different <laughs> um, personas. Yeah. But uh, I think when I was starting out, mm-hmm. it, I was definitely like, okay, cool. It's art and I'm going to show up and do my thing. And I was very focused on like sounding good and stuff. But you don't realize really with any art form, but especially performing mm-hmm. arts, your value is just who you get to show up. You, It, it is a popularity yeah. contest. Not that you're competing against the other bands necessarily. Sometimes you are. But it's like that's your value i i've seen uh performances where well i've i've seen some strange ones but i've heard about some where uh some people just like got up on stage and took their clothes off and screamed at the wall but if 10 people show up to watch you do that and they pay the door fee all the more power to you i'd book that over a band that is technically proficient and has no draw I mean, I yeah, I kind of agree with that. I feel like a big aspect of shows is like being able to get a good draw out, like no matter what your act is, even if it's like not the best, like music wise, like if you're able to just bring out people with something that you're able to do relatively well, like that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I think people should do that. So. And from the aspect too, would you rather go, say you go on tour, would you rather always just play to the other bands or would you yeah. be able to play to a room of a bunch of people that like your music and then they want to follow and you get more fans yeah I mean, mm-hmm. so there there has to be some kind of a draw when especially in diy i feel it's very important to 
to be working with bands though that are that serious about it that if it's a band that only plays local all the time and they never want to plan on going on the road yeah then it's not worth it to them to do it because they the contacts don't matter like you're talking about the being able to show swap and go on the yeah. roads uh-huh. that's very very important and if you're going to be a serious band then that's something you need mm-hmm. so it's that knowing like who's really DIY and who's just kind of you know like yeah that's a strange around. term because like mm-hmm. you know you can be just a local band who wants to play bars and stuff and be unsigned which makes you the definition of diy but if you don't have aspirations of touring out but at least to my mind there's like shows where the the value of the band is putting heads in the room Mm -hmm. right there's shows where you're going to play a three-hour bar stint you're going to get paid by the venue instead of sort of the other way around right and uh Mm -hmm. that's that's a totally different ball game and like we've crossed paths with some bands who are like that where they weren't used to our setup or they've asked me to book different setups. I'm like, well, I don't know how to just book you a bar gig where the bar pays you. Why in my mind, why would a bar pay me for my music? I just yell and jump around a lot. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Besides like my friends. <laughs> it's hard because like when different bands come from different states, like it's a completely different like uh thing that they're used to. Some places like for Florida specifically, mm-hmm. I feel like it's really bar heavy. Like that's yeah. a majority of shows is at bars. And in other places like that I've been to i've seen that um a majority of people prefer house shows because it's just much more of an easy environment to not have to worry so much about the money aspect of production costs and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and having like a sound guy and someone to run door and stuff like that so it's really interesting to see the differences artsier stuff with Mm -hmm. house shows like when i started touring i was like oh there's noise bands everywhere. It's just they don't play the bars here because people will leave the bar if yeah. somebody plugs 50 guitar pedals in and just hits play. Whereas, like, at a house show, you're just like, this is nice. Yeah. This is interesting. At a house show, you don't really know what to expect, <laughs> and that's what makes it so much more DIY is that everyone can kind of, like, be able to perform at the same show, and you never really know what you're going to get, which is also pretty cool. There's a community. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's more of a community aspect to it. You get to enjoy. Whereas once you start talking about like the bar shows and things like that, then yes, yeah. the money comes in and the business side and yeah, and it kind of it takes some of that. Like, well, I don't I don't want to make that sound like mm-hmm. dirty because like there are good supported good. venues. Like we're yeah. super lucky in St. Augustine. I've I've definitely talked to bands who want to come through, and I'm like, all right, listen, here's the deal. You're you're going to be able to make some gas money because we have a really nice venue system where the venues don't take any money. Mm -hmm. And there are locals who, just people who want to show up to the bar to drink. Right. They will not leave. They will totally be okay with paying a little door fee because everyone's pretty cool around here. Yeah. And then they'll chill and, and like, they'll listen. But by the same token, there's not as much youth culture. So you're not going to get fans. You're not going to sell merch. And I think that's something you want to balance on tour. Like, I'm always worried about covering my gas money but i've come back from some trips where it's like i covered my gas but what was the point of me going because i did not gain any fans because i did not book correctly i think it's also good to mix both i feel like both have their own oh yeah if you you can yeah if you can (laughs) it's important because both have like their own pros and cons to them just like everything else but just doing one or the other can kind of set you back in a lot of ways yeah i've i've 
why i've never come back home with no money but i i know other bands have done yeah that. I've people just been have really had problems with that yeah. because yeah. they don't know like they're so used to their own scene that when you like go outside of that it's like i don't know what to expect i expect nothing usually which is always been a pleasant surprise when it's not that yeah <laughs> like oh there's people here weird it's cool it's mm-hmm. it's very cool to see different communities and how they kind of interact with it really that. is and like you were saying there's that idea of bands that come through and they don't know they've they've been used to their local scene how they do things right. in their uh-huh. area but if it's a band that starts going on the road a lot you very quickly start learning that it, the different ways things are done yeah mm-hmm. so and i don't think even if you realize you do have a preference or you do like fit into a certain thing best mm-hmm. the best skill you get touring around is getting comfortable adapting you very quickly just like okay is this how this works here okay cool like as long as i get to play my songs i think that's just important in general for being a performing artist is being able to adapt to the different any sort of artist yeah like just marketing is not something you get taught by almost anybody in the art field right in general that's like (laughs) something you kind of have to find out yourself unless you like go into a field for that yeah if anything because it is pretty much specific to your style Mm -hmm. like you you can get taught this is how you draw a figure this is how you play guitar but nobody's going to teach you this is how to be comfortable asking for money for that skill that you've spent time curating yeah and that can be really difficult for a lot of people it is for me when people are like how much is your merch i'm like please take it i don't uh yeah you know that's why i have nicole do it i I mean i think it's important (laughs) though because like just as much as it is hard asking people for like Mm. money to support you it's also like that is a part of the band is like supporting other people's like band merch that they have and like buying stuff and kind of just putting back into that community that you Mm -hmm. like like i've been going to shows for a long time and like i know how important it is to buy that five dollar shirt that might not seem like a lot for other people like it's a lot for bands Mm -hmm. so it's important and i don't think there should be any shame in selling your art yeah no Um, i I think most of my wardrobe is band shirts if any bands want to uh, start manufacturing pants i'd buy them (laughs) just yeah but uh that's a definitely like a whole other discussion on like just merch in general yeah on how well wonk unit makes pants and wonk unit is great i, I don't know if we're allowed to name drop stuff but, I, mean, I mean they're not paying me yet but uh yeah <laughs> they make nice clothes yeah. i love it when a band has members who also do like screen printing mm-hmm. or like button pressing and like you get to see a different element of their art and mm-hmm. you're like oh you're a, you, i don't know you see one art piece from somebody and it like makes you view them a certain way and then you see them do something totally different even if you see somebody play in different musical projects and you're like wow you're i see the different elements of your personality coming out it makes it stand out in its own like unique way like yeah them specifically like they have a distinct style and it's really cool to see that yeah Um, unless it's bad like mine no that's (laughs) people are like can you make me a flyer you went to art school i was like no no. It's very bad. No, that's not true. <laughs> Whatever. You make good flyers. <laughs> yeah, make- I'm going to stop hand drawing them now. I'm just going to switch to uh, pictures of Dick Dicks. <laughs> They're so cute. They are cute. My new life goal is to go to Africa and just get an actual picture of one myself that I can have like, license over. Use it. And then use it's copyrighted. forever. It's every flyer I make from then on. Stock photo. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's yours. You have it now. Well, the good thing about that is then from marketing aspect, everyone will see that and immediately <laughs> yeah, say, like, that's a field house. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
<laughs> They'll recognize, yeah. Okay, so I know this was supposed to be like, uh, like I am the trial guest, but you brought up something that I totally want to switch topics. We're just yeah, talk keep about going. Stuff. This works. Yeah. Like, you were talking about going to shows for a long time. Mm-hmm. I also went to shows for a long time, but when yeah. I was in high school, I went to like, the House of Blues Orlando. Yeah. You told me before you've been going to DIY shows. You're like, I, I was late to it. I was 16. I wasn't going to DIY shows until I was 24. I didn't yeah. even realize there was DIY. Well, I want to like talk is, about how you got into that. Yeah. The thing is like a lot of different communities. It's like that's kind of a thing. It's like there's something established there. And for us, it was like uh we would go to DIY shows at like mini golf venues and that's just so sick. people no, would honestly, just play them. And no, that's awesome. like, it would just be such a good time. Cause it's just like such a small community. Everyone knows each what other. Time was this, in? this was, I don't, I don't remember. I was, it started when I was like 16 years old. So around that. So like, where were you living at that time? I was still living in Vero. Okay. Like and this then, was always around that. I'm from St. Augustine. So mm-hmm. like, where were you in like high school and like, what was your relation to? For me, there was nothing in high school. <laughs> yeah. I was, Matt, little Madison, I was born Florida. in the forest. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was no real music scene, but there was a music scene in Tallahassee. Uh-huh. And I went to this small private school about 30 minutes from both. Uh-huh. And there was a kid there named Nick Riccani who was into underground. And so I, 2003, I moved to Tallahassee. And so I was in DIY and going to like small venues. Mm -hmm. So kind of like thrust into all of that college throughout. I was going to like small little warehouses, DIY house shows. That's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah, like one night. Then I was going to like a 300-person room for like small bands the next night. Right. Mm -hmm. How did you get started into... Allie dragged shows. me to a show. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> she she was like, yeah, because I don't know, I've been playing music for a long time, but I didn't have a lot of friends or uh, the friends I did have were not musical people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just terrible. Don't have non-musical friends. They're worthless. Um, oh, hot take. Wow. She's <laughs> dragging all two of my friends. You're um, talking about me. I'm the person. I do not play music. All my friends are musical. But it's I'm still, the non-musical yeah. friend. It's really cool that you no, still went out to shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's that's also being a part of like the DIY scene, even if you don't play music. Like, that's just the supporting more important it. part. Yeah. Like, I think people it's really who go cool. to shows who don't have a personal investment in performing that evening are like, why are you here? I love you. Like, yeah. What the heck it's really cool seeing like people over time like just understanding that they just go to shows yeah they want to see who, do, you who just like... supports people out of the goodness of their heart and like enjoyment of art in general like who does that that's amazing yeah no i definitely value those people and it, it's, it's really nice it's nonsensical to me i don't understand I have a lot of personality disorders, so doing anything without personal benefit is very confusing to me. But <laughs> Says the guy that never wants to p- get paid if he's playing a local show. Well, listen, that's just a business deal. I want to get paid when I'm not playing a local show. Exactly. It's just, yeah. It's just a mentality thing of just, like, understanding where you really yep. want to put, like, your investment. Like, yeah. But yeah. that's – no, that's actually – the question was how I got dragged out to yeah. the show. It was you went, you both seem to have gone because you had friend groups who yeah. were like, we're doing this for fun. I was dragged by the business end. Somebody's like, I know you want to be a musician, come to a local show. And I was uh-huh. like, what does that even mean? And they're like, at a bar. And I was like, oh, I don't drink. They're like, you, you can just go listen to music. I'm like, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> and I, and I That's went. That's a thing. Yeah. No, my first local show was um, Birthday Candles and Ooh. Cute Fills. That's awesome. Yeah rip both bands yeah. but you know thus is the the wheel of time but uh 
it's just yeah like, it was cool i was like oh you can you can just do this and then like the i met the bar owners and there's like hey if you ever want to book a show like the calendar's here here's a pen write your name I'm like you who lets you do this and yeah. i think that's just something that didn't I like yeah like I, I was here and I wanted to be there but I didn't understand you could just start doing things to like bridge the gap yeah so did you like once you started realizing that were you just kind of more did I start going to shows and supporting my scene when I wasn't playing no no did you the question was <laughs> did you like want to actually start performing because of that yeah no I um I was a huge introvert mm -hmm. forever but then i started performing and i thought oh no i'm not i really like attention yeah this is good <laughs> this is good for me it's it's definitely interesting <laughs> because a lot of people that i know are very like reserved but then like when they perform it's like a completely different side of them and it's cool yeah. to see like that different kind of side of a person um yeah we were talking about that off to the side before like i can't imagine what it would be like to not enjoy performing because like i like music but i recognize that like recording music or writing music producing all of those ends of it oh. are very solitary activities very suited to introverts performing arts completely the yeah. opposite and if you only do one of those two things you're kind of hamstringing yourself like it's mm -hmm. it's an issue i don't know your relationship to that like because i mean people know who you are because of it i tag you and stuff all the time or like yeah i'll send people to you i'm sure you get messages like hey tyler fieldhouse told me uh to hit you up about uh somebody was looking for a place to sleep mm -hmm. and i was yep. just like ask ward he's, he's got you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was it's still weird it was really weird at first just the idea of like random people like how do these people yeah. know who i am <laughs> but you start to get used to it yeah you know and and it's kind of cool knowing that okay you're some you're definitely got a place in the community and in the scene and also mm -hmm. once you get used to it you know that's it's a nice feeling just to be part and to help. So you know I definitely I mean? like it too because like while it is still something that's out of my comfort zone, like the community is just so supportive in general. Like people really just want to see like other acts kind of just go out there and just see something yeah. new. And that's like different for me. And it's really cool to like just see people there standing watching you like they don't know if you're good they yeah. like have no idea but they're still there to support you and it's it's a nice feeling all yeah in it's all. it's there's like a pleasant tension when like an art thing is about to happen and it's it's like a little bit of knowing what to expect but a little bit of being like they could really do anything yeah like, i've been to very sort of by the number shows where it's just people with guitars singing to microphones and then like i've been to shows where it's like oh this person is like has a wireless mic is walking on the bars is lighting fire um like weird stuff i've seen some really weird stuff happen too and yeah it's we're also not gonna talk about some of the stuff i've seen exciting yeah exciting part of it is... no it's cool the spectacle is cool like i deeply respect performers almost more than like technically proficient musicians mm -hmm. i will look at a guitar player just shredding and be like wow this is great and then after about five minutes i'm kind of bored right but if you're like i don't know if i think you're gonna like pull ceiling tiles off the ceiling i'm gonna watch to see if it happens which is sort of morbid sort of the same reason i think people watch like nascar you know it's a bad thing it's off of the crash no yeah. it's that's horrible you don't want to see something right. bad happen but with art it's like the the artist is there to do that for you like they're like here's the chaos that's not in your normal life enjoy just enjoy From watching me. it. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like you being able to witness that happening without actually having to do it, which is really cool. And I think people don't realize how cathartic that is to be doing, too. Like, 
Like, they're like, oh, yeah, it's so cool when Kurt Cobain smashes his guitar. It's like, no, no, you don't understand how good it feels to break stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's cool. That felt yeah. amazing. Yeah. I just, all the time, when I'm by myself here, I'm just like, can I just start breaking things? I'm like, no, no, no i got to wait until people are watching. Yep. Then it's worth it. Wait until the performing aspect comes out, and then yeah. you can just throw everything. There's definitely an art to it, for sure, like you're saying. Oh, yeah. Being a, having that performance piece. And that's one of the cool things that, I miss going now to like more, I guess you would say like legit venues than Uh when you have like the the cool thing about like the DIY shows and the like the real like punk shows that are just in like a warehouse or in the backyard, someone's Mm -hmm. house is there are no rules kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything does go. So you're saying like the spectacle of it, not knowing what's going to happen. And then when something like just like so amazing happens in this room with 50 super sweaty people. It, it just it adds so much to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say like, uh, I'm just gonna keep name dropping because I don't think it matters. I really want to get say anything to pick us up and like put my band as an opener, so it's fine anyhow. But I was going to see say anything. I've seen them like a bazillion times, right? Because uh-huh. they're my favorite band, and uh, they have the guy who's the front person for Monine is their guitar player now. This person has so much energy, mm-hmm. like they will just tear across the stage, and they do this trick that I've seen them do a couple of times where they walk into the audience, but don't just like crowd surf. They like walk on like the yeah. hands of and are like held up by, and they yeah. do like a cool like group chanting. And sometimes they're soloing and it seems very spontaneous. And like, I keep, I keep going to these shows and I keep getting older, but the other audience members keep being like teenagers. And I'm just yeah. like, this yeah. seems, do I need to not come here? No, but um, <laughs> it's cool to watch those kids just be like, this is the like most raw thing I've ever seen. And and I, I know this guy does this trick probably every night. But yeah. to look at him and see that he's actually happy and like right. he's into it every time. Mm-hmm. Like every time it's just like I get to do this. Hell yeah. yeah. And like, oh, I want to be that. Because I've also seen people who like you can tell they've done the trick where they rub the guitar on the stage or yeah. something. And you're just like, I'm doing this because I have to. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more like even if it's something you have planned out, it's a lot more like it's a lot better if it's like in the moment kind of mm-hmm. thing and it just yeah. kind of happens and it isn't like forced and like it's cool to see like people get so into it that they kind of just do their own thing and it's it's a nice to see and on like the other end of it like as watching it like for some people that's like the first time they've ever seen something right. so like out of anyone's comfort zone and it's like right. exciting for mm-hmm. them too it's like an experience of itself so do you um do you remember hodera yes okay so like for those of you who don't know, a really nice New Jersey band. Um, they do the the fun trick where they have the the lights on the ground mm-hmm. and he has the yeah. kill switch right next to the guitar pedals and goes right, right you know, at the heavy yeah. drop, which is, I love that. And I was talking to them about it once. Um, I was like, man, I really want to steal that trick or do something like, like I just, I've never thought of that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, steal the trick. Yeah. It doesn't, like, why not? And I was like, yeah, but it just seems like, to me, it's like dirty. It's like, oh, it wasn't right. my idea. And they're like, do you think that we just made this up ourselves? And I was like, mm. that's fair. It's, yeah. That's cool. I, and it's, it's true. It, it's like people have never seen it. And there's people that they will never play to just by happenstance. And it's like, those people should see a cool thing too. Yeah. Everybody needs to be doing cool tricks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of stuff is, it's not stolen, but it's like, it's borrowed. Like you see that you're inspired by. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember the first time I saw a band do that too. And I thought that was so cool. And now I've seen... 
probably about seven or eight different bands that had like the boxes set up that they would stand on that had yeah. it or they would just have it on the ground. So, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Yeah. One person does it, they like it, and you just pass it off. It's kind of like you pay- paying it forward, you know? Yeah. It's just the artistic, like, thing in general mm-hmm. is just like getting inspirations from different people and kind of yeah, making and them your, your own, own yeah. yeah right which is just neat because like you can take something from like an idea and kind of make it your own which is also neat to see which like, i think like you can but i i def i mean i obviously i still feel it but like especially when you're starting if you don't want to you feel yeah. like you have everything you do has mm-hmm. to be completely original and it's like you put all this pressure on yourself i um two friends i don't know i i think it was both of their first shows last night that mm-hmm. i like put them on for their new projects and one of them was just like i don't know if i'm good i don't know if this is good i don't know if what i'm gonna do is okay and i was like just do never it. know it's cool until, like yeah. there's so much pressure and i think people like being entertained and they don't realize they're the entertaining people have all that pressure like if i don't do really cool stuff people aren't gonna like me and it's like, nah, it's it's okay. You don't yeah. want to sling it the other way. Like, listen, it's a bar. People are drinking. They're not even going to notice. Don't worry about right. it. Right. But because you don't want to deflate the sense of excitement you get from mm-hmm. performing. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, with like tips and tricks, don't be so nervous, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Just get like, up there. Eventually, you find out what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. After a while of doing the same thing and you not being comfortable with it, like it at that point it's best to like take a different spin on it and find something that you do like doing because that's the whole thing about like performing is it shouldn't be like something that you don't enjoy to do like it should be a very raw moment where you're like expressing yourself like in that kind of way and it's really neat to see i think we've had that with guilt i think like even before you were around tristan and i would talk about it Mm. and uh he's our lead guitar player for those of you who don't know (laughs) Look up Tristan. <laughs> or look up guilt. No, Incredible. just look up Tristan. Just everybody send Tristan a friend request. Um, Wish him a happy birthday. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things that he talked to me about, we would talk about is like stage presence and performance because I am not a very good musician, but I do love jumping around and screaming. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a very fun visual distraction. You have good yeah. stage presence. Thank I can you. vouch for that. I, yeah. I tell funny jokes and I jump around and I yell. That is my... And sometimes I play guitar. Yeah. But um, Tristan wanted to get into it, but that wasn't... He was a bass player before, and I think he did the old bass player zone out, kind of wander around through the haze. It's a thing. I don't know. Bass players is a thing they do. Yeah. Um, I can vouch. <laughs> it's tempting to just kind of go out there, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I was like, yeah, like, just do what I'm doing. Just exactly copy my stage presence. He is... I am a short little Asian girl. And he is a very tall person. And for mm-hmm. him to jump, he he will hit his head. He's hit his head in the studio. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah. And in general, he's been like, you know, it doesn't feel comfortable for me. And uh he stopped listening to me and tell him to just be a copy of myself and like started just doing stuff. He like messes with his pedals, he like shakes his guitar a lot, which is really cool. Yeah. And- like I throw my guitar. But he like looks like he's in like a wrestling match with his. And I think that's really great. Yeah. Like I watch videos of us now, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is I want to watch what that guy's doing. Mm-hmm. But, uh. Because he's also able to, like, put on a really great, like, performance, like, with his guitar, but he's also able to, like, get into it in a way that's authentic to him. Like, it isn't him trying to be somebody else, which yeah. is really cool. Which, I mean, we're never going to fulfill my dream of being the pop punk band who all jumps at the same time. 
right before the uh hate to break it to you just the, the drummer just like lifts up his drum set and just jumps in the listen, air listen travis barker could do it i'm sure anyone can do it everyone who was listening who was a drummer just like turned off the the video or the podcast they're just like, done right now how could he name drop the one drummer everyone knows right i'm sorry yeah i can play the drums i don't know any drummers i don't i don't know anything about music history or like artists i don't really I just want oh, an excuse yeah. to get on stage and jump. Yeah. I, that's my exercise. I don't have enough money for a gym membership. So I just, so you just that's it. get on stage and scream. Yeah. It's good. Well, you're the guy that started writing music just to go with your art. Yes. I, I, yeah, we're going to spin all the way back to it. This was something yeah. that we were supposed to talk about. Yeah, we were about. supposed to be talking about art. <laughs> but I was trying to, like, get into that subject, but you were just going the opposite direction. So. Well, performing art is just... That it's, was the way you got into music mm. also is because you wanted to like mix in that aspect. Yeah. Well, I just like I've been writing music for a long time, but I Yeah. didn't realize how much I enjoyed performing. But I think part of the enjoyment of it is that it this is not a slight against fine art. But like when you are sitting at a table peddling yeah. your wares and people come up, it feels awkward. It feels like they're looking at the things that you've presented. And it's like they're looking at your soul and then they pick it up and they're like, eh, and it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you also don't want to be like a weird, aggressive salesperson. Like, right. hey, do you like this? You want to buy this? Um, two for one. Mm-hmm. But when you're a performing musician, you have your product, which is like your shirts, or your CDs or whatever your merch is, um, or even just your Facebook page. You know, if you want to get likes or whatever it is you're trying to promote through the performance, but then you have the performance itself mm-hmm. and you get to do stuff and you get to feel good about crowd reactions even if somebody's gonna look at you and say like uh still like like yeah. that but it's like you i don't know there's just multiple elements and it feels like a better way to sell myself mm-hmm. because capitalism says i have to sell myself so let's find the most enjoyable way to do it yeah it's a lot more intimidating also being in a booth because it's not very like it's a different aspect of itself like you have to compete with everyone else in a way and it kind of gets a little bit like I would yeah. say, yeah. Not that bands aren't competing. You're competing for attention. Yeah. You're competing for like time slots at a certain point. Um, but, but there's also so much more that goes into it where it kind of just doesn't, it doesn't like take over, I feel. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You, you see this from like a different end because I think when I show up to a show, I'm just in business mode. So I'm not really watching those dynamics, but you get to watch us all. Mm-hmm. Just from the door, just casually watching the band people scramble around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're right. I'm. I haven't done much sitting in a booth, you know, trying to just sell like the art or the product I've created. But definitely, if you're on stage, that's how you're selling it. Yeah. yeah. So it's not you having to like talk one on one and try to convince this person while wow, this picture looks good, which is what I imagine it must be, and probably extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. You yeah. could technically not talk to the audience one-on-one at all depend you know some people yeah. never go to their merch table because it makes them feel uncomfortable yeah right it's fair. but if a band has a really good set a high energy set really good songs whatever it is that makes the fans like it they're gonna run and buy that merch right mm-hmm. yeah um i've actually done sort of the crossover i've sold my cds at fine art settings mm-hmm. i've yeah. also sold my fine art at shows yeah which works much better yeah um but like it was very strange to have people walk up to the table and I had a CD and like, cause I was selling it, like we were saying as art, mm-hmm. I made it 
because I liked making the record cover. I liked making the poster. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, what does this sound like? And I was like, oh, well, this is a strange junction. I don't, you know, because yeah. at least with fine art, you pick it up and you decide whether or not mm-hmm. you want to put this in your house. Right. Whereas with like music, it's like you pick this up, like, do I want to put this in my ears on a long term basis? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's always a huge difference between live shows and recorded music, anyhow. So, like, right. I. I don't. I think we were talking about that too. I don't know if I'd rather be a band people liked live and was disappointed by the CD because like maybe it's like a poor quality recording, or like kind of average live and like wow, what a great CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I really like live shows. I'd rather not have a CD that was very good, but I can use it to learn the lyrics and I show up to a show and just get pummeled with energy. Like yeah, oof. that's the best. And also like the fact that like CDs in general like are kind of also just it shows so much growth or like yeah. development and we and say you, cds yeah no, i don't think anyone does cds anymore i do cds because i'm very old audio recording from the 90s i'm oh. from a completely different century yeah cd but. what's that <laughs> well now we're back to vinyl if you really want to get technical about it everyone oh, buys yeah. vinyl we were yeah. back to tapes for a hot second but still kind of yeah. yeah still kind of crossing over but. speaking of live performance so I think every episode, I'd like to have a guest do a live performance. So uh-huh. I'm going to play a song, and then we're going to go back to it. I don't, I don't know what you want to grill me about. You can grill me about the lyrics, because they're real sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, we can also like plug products or try to get endorsements. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get endorsed by Raisins for so long. One day. Not one brand. Just, r- Just... when the Raisin people are listening to this, they'll, <laughs> they'll say... He's on to us. When we send the tapes out, just right. to them specifically. Yes, when we send the cassette tapes, because we are <laughs> DIY cool. They will be like, why say, wow. specifically us? But thank just, you? Just send it to Raisins, and then I thank send you. it out. Like, but yeah, so all right. you well, feel comfortable like uh, stopping here and then just re-grilling yeah. me afterwards? I yeah. Think do so. you want to su- talk about what the song is now no, or do you want to do it after? it's a complete surprise. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to do a... Uh, I used to be in a folk punk band called The Holdouts. Uh-huh. And, uh, Holdouts. Like, yeah, I could have played a Guilt song to promote Guilt, but I'm going to play um, a Holdout song that I wrote like a month ago mm-hmm. because I'm not in that band anymore and I have no venue to perform it. So I thought, what a good excuse, especially if it's the... Uh, tester episode and we might not use it anyhow sure sounds great yeah all right cool song's called merrily merrily anyway try to tell it's gonna be wrong yeah i hope life's like a fucking dream that doesn't last long and everyone and everyone knows how you fell Wonder why they even ask if it's their story to tell Sometimes when they pause to breathe you get to add on Your eyes closed feels like bars on a cage Holding you down, keeping you in place And God knows tomorrow's just a few hours away And you weren't even ready for today Why didn't you ever reach out and ask for help? 
Why didn't you just do everything that worked for everyone else? So it's incredible indulgence how you always relapse As if the only door out is the one that leads back You don't even have the key to that Your eyes closed feels like bars on a cage Holding you down, keeping you in place God knows tomorrow's just a few hours away you weren't even ready for today and we're back with the evening news um, hey guys what's up so after <laughs> like the uh the big talk thing i wanted to do like a performance segment and uh mm-hmm. artists can like plug their endeavors but i'm not doing anything that i particularly want to plug so if you want to so. talk to me about my fantastic poetry this is your opportunity yeah. no this just just grill me is a really that beautiful song i played yeah it was a really good song thanks so that's a holdout song not yeah. a guilt song i don't mm-hmm. i i don't know i uh it just didn't feel like a guilt song mm-hmm. and i always have to play acoustic guitar for holdouts because that's kind of our thing and i thought what an opportunity yeah. to use my delay pedal <laughs> that was it well it sounded really good i liked it a lot so where did that song come from uh sadness no it's um it's like a rough mental health song i think like you've been aware of us like being partnered with different uh mental health advocacy groups Mm -hmm. basically throughout my entire musical career because it's that's like a big deal for me um on a personal level and also like for all of my friends bandmates pretty much yeah a lot of new to this but even since you joined guilt are like shirt sponsors oh i do have to plug our shirt sponsors no yeah. they're convicted printing like yeah also is it's like a really a, cool company a that... group that has a certain charitable uh orientation towards it's not a mental health thing but it's it's a big deal to like work with artists and groups that are like actually doing something besides trying to make money by creating stuff mm-hmm. right but yeah so like and the, putting things into good causes yeah um so the song is a light satirical take i guess on things people say when you have problems they're like why don't you just uh try yoga which like yeah l- legitimately some people yo nothing against yoga but like i mean that's like a running joke i think like mm-hmm. on the internet it's just like why don't you just uh well, go outside it's nice yeah outside. it's just a mentality that is something that can go away in the long run and most people don't understand like people with mental health like there are days that are good and like people can function like normally but it is something that kind of has like peaks and it kind of like it's it's not something that's easily controlled by just one thing like there are things that can help but yeah. In general, it's just a lot more than just one solution. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, like the, the first half of the song is from a, like a sympathetic point of view where mm-hmm. it's uh, like when you're trying to talk to somebody and they immediately are like, oh, you have clinical depression. I know what that's like because I've been sad before. Yeah. And it's like, okay, being depressed and having like a clinical uh, issue is different. And it's not to say that like, you don't want people to have clinical issues. So you don't want to be like, oh, you've only ever just been sad. Well, like, you don't, like, I'm sort of elite for having this, like, horrible thing that happens right. to me. Yeah. But uh, it is different. And I, I think it's it's hard to talk to people. And sometimes they, they'll start making it about their thing where it's like, well, this is how. And it's like, did you did you want to know how I'm doing? Or did you want to like feel compare. good about asking me and then yeah. compare? 
Well, they yeah. want to go into how can I fix this mode? How can I yeah. make this yeah. better mode? Which is, and, I mean, that's, I mean, that's my downfall every time because I'm yeah. a fixer. Right. And it's like it, they go in with a, a good men, like a mentality that they, they're really trying their best to help, but it's not a matter of fixing the problem. It's a matter of like addressing that those right. like feelings are valid and like whether or not you can really do anything about them, like it's still important to be able to talk about them. I feel like it's a lack of understanding. Like you said, it comes yeah. from a good place, but people don't understand always. So they, they say something thinking that they're helping and they just don't realize. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's uh, that's like the first half. And then the, the second half of it is uh, sort of like like a like I said, satirical, but it's it's a darker. It's just the why didn't you just do, you know, why don't you just do this thing? Like, yeah. And it's and I think that's really rough. And it's an interesting thing to side with the people who aren't having the problem. But it's rough when somebody comes to you and you do want to fix it. And so, of course, the first thing you're going to say is like, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And uh, I understand when you're trying to talk to somebody, it's frustrating that you like, yeah, I have thought about just trying to be happier. Like I've thought about eating differently or I've thought about sleeping differently. But like it doesn't work. And it's frustrating that I have to explain this to every single person who asks me. Yeah. It's also kind of hard to talk about in that sense because people don't want to feel like they're a burden for oh, having sure, yeah. mm-hmm. those kind of feelings. And it's just like a frustrating cycle of having to explain something that doesn't really like have one clear solution. Yeah. And, and uh, this boy just, this microphone just always falling down. Um, I think the last part of it that's kind of important to me is about like regressing to negative behaviors. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I, uh, I've i been sober my entire life. So that's, that's like a thing for me and it's taken me a long time to understand addiction because it's easy for me. It's just like, yeah, it's easy to not fall into that hole when you don't ever give yourself the opportunity. Yeah. But a lot of people, it's not a choice that they could have made or it's not an easy choice to make. Or it's like once you start something, it's not, great to judge somebody for where that leads them unfortunately mm-hmm. and uh addiction outside of like substance abuse can also be like self-harm or any of that stuff and it's yeah one of those things where it's like well why do you keep doing that when it doesn't like make it better and people don't understand that it gets comfortable it gets comfortable to at least do things that are familiar yeah and that's that's really dangerous it's mm-hmm. hard when you've been in it so long that it's just just, well this is what i know how to do yeah <laughs> and that's kind of all you really have and it's kind yeah. of hard to break out of that because like people want to be comfortable and it's hard to really fall out of that honestly yeah so a coping mechanism in one way or another mm-hmm. yeah yeah and like obviously you know there's healthy and unhealthy coping mechanisms and uh mm-hmm. i have um diagnosed i'm not just like self-diagnosing here i have um, obsessive compulsive personality disorder Mm -hmm. so like although i don't have those behaviors i'm like i'm like a workaholic that's that's my thing i'm always making stuff and uh, i get like legitimately anxious not like i feel kind of weird like i will start panicking if i feel like i've spent too much time goofing off and i've used that to my benefit to make stuff but i also have it's it's ruined a lot of relationships for me interpersonally um Mm -hmm. like friendships or like romantic where it's hard for me to spend time with people and feel comfortable with it and i have to recognize that that behavior is the same way so in order for me to think about 
getting better because I was like, yeah, I love the benefits of having a bunch of work done. Yeah. But in order to think about getting better, I have to think about the overworking in the same way I would think about telling my friends not to self-harm. Because that's, of course, like, don't do that. Mm. It's so obvious. But yeah. I think because it's a more internal, emotional thing versus a very physical problem you're facing, you're like, oh, it's different. It's emotions. But you can, you can do a lot of stuff that will, like, hold yourself back no matter if it's physical or emotional. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, holdout songs are usually like, I'm lonely or you know like whatever i'm kind of a narcissistic jerk but this is this one's really yeah. heavy but it's also very important because like talking about that is the first step to like yeah really getting it out there that it is a problem for a lot of us and people don't feel comfortable talking about it because of that stigma that it's just right. yeah why talk about it like here's the here's the hot take and we have only like two minutes to, okay all right Very. Um, yeah because I, I want it to be a debate forum all right um this is the thing i've gone back and forth with with multiple people about aggressive or sad music in general but mm -hmm. like there's a certain catharsis to listening to something that helps you get the emotion that you have out yeah but there is also and i think everyone's parents are like it's that listening to sad music just makes you sad and you're like shut up you know i'm gonna this this they get me yeah but really if you do mire yourself in visual and sonic uh imagery that keeps you in that headspace there's a danger to it and i'm contributing to it by True. making art and i mm -hmm. think that's i never know where to draw that line i don't want to make anybody feel worse i want them to feel like oh yeah there's other people like that but I don't want them to just spend all of their time on it and not explore getting out of it. Yeah. Uh. For some people, in my opinion, I feel like they do use that as like an outlet to help them cope with that because it yeah, does give them do. a sure. sense yeah. of like feeling that they're not alone with what they're going through. And for other people, it could be something that's potentially not helpful to yeah. them, but it's all about like finding what works and what doesn't work for you. But you don't want to find that out the wrong way. You, you don't want yeah. to find that out in a bad way. You don't want to find out too late that mm -hmm. your friend was like, you know, just surrounding themselves with negativity and then, yeah. you know, something happens. I don't know. You got to, I would say from the artist standpoint, you have to be able to create what you want to create. And if you are mindful enough that that is a fear of yours, then it's doing what you're doing now talking about it yeah. yeah you know and but at the end of the day you cannot control how someone views and how someone uses your art yeah so i mean being mind i would say create yeah what you feel and then being mindful so you can talk about this is what it was i don't want it to just end like this for the listener it's right. just that extra step that you're putting into it and yeah. i i do that i try mm -hmm. to talk a lot of shows i think you're familiar you're like can we please yeah. play a song please stop talking but like it's so uh, it's important to like address <laughs> what songs are about. Yeah, yeah. I is, try to do that. Yeah, especially because we are have we have sort of like darker, heavier material. But uh, I I do worry about just recorded music. Like if people don't get to see a live show and they just listen to it, I don't have an opportunity to say this is satirical or this is purposely self indulgent. Yeah, because I think that's important. That's art that has spoken to me. When I was in high school, I listened to the radio and nothing like. Nothing against pop music, but like, like, hey girl, you're cute, let's dance. I d does not resonate with me, but I listened to yeah. uh, like Fall Out Boy and Say Anything, like that early emo that was just like, I feel kind of bad and I blame myself a little bit. I was like, oh my God, me too. Wow. And yeah. I was like, uh, right. I, I want to participate in that, but I don't want it to be in a negative way. And I feel like you're right. It does just have to be a discussion, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, 
it's hard. I mean, because I grew up being older. I grew up in the '90s where a lot of the heavy music was super angry and super aggressive it was more so than even like the emo and stuff yeah you're dealing with like aggression and violence Mm -hmm. whereas i'm more like internalized emotions yeah yeah and same thing of that well this makes people act out this makes people get anxious right so uh, i think again it's just being mindful of it and but at the end of the day you're creating something that is cathartic for you and hopefully they'll listen to it and connect like you did with what you listened to back in the day yeah. without yeah. it being that trigger. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a hard, do you not want to create what's real because you don't want someone to react the wrong way? You got it. Yeah. I don't, that's, that's a rough one. I know like that's again, I don't know what we can plug, but, uh, there was that old uh, documentary about the anarchist cookbook guy on Netflix, and that was basically the crux of that entire video was like, mm-hmm. do you regret making something that led to violence? Yeah. And I don't really think they ever gave a very dis- – they didnn't give the answer the interviewer wanted, which mm-hmm. was yes or no. Right. They talked around it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, they may not. I mean, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, – It's a great song. Thank you. Thanks for yes. interviewing me for the day. I'm excited for actual episode one. Right. Uh, we have – paperback coming from uh from north carolina north I think. carolina yeah, yeah. And, like we're running it because you're out of town yes yeah for episode one my co-host is out of town but uh <laughs> thanks nicole for well, signing you planned this I will. <laughs> uh, yeah i planned it around tomorrow. their tour schedule yeah for sure but uh, remember kids like subscribe and comment please keeps my Dude, family going <laughs>